Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Detroit! Welcome to the Everything Pistons podcast, where we only talk about the Detroit Pistons. I'm your host, Lance Caparossi. Follow me on Twitter, at Lance Caparossi. And before I turn it over to my podcasting partner, You need to subscribe to this podcast. You need to rate us. You need to drop a comment. And more importantly, you need to tell a Pistons fan. All right, Andrew, tell them who you are. Hey, I'm Andrew Clements, creator of the Everything Pistons Instagram page. You can follow me there on Instagram and Facebook at Everything Pistons Podcast, at Twitter at ePistonsPod, and always email the show directly at ePistonsPod at gmail.com. And if you want to keep up with all the off-season news, you need to follow me across all social media. Today, we are joined by the very first repeat guest on the podcast, showing up for his fourth time in a row. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in. Doc Joe Brown, my man. Yo, How you what's doing, up? brother? Yo, man, thanks for having me on. I always love kicking with you. The, the best part of being on your show is like, we do a whole podcast before we even start recording. <laughs> Dr. Brown, real name, no gimmicks, host of the Pro Wrestling Talk for Pistons fan podcast. You can find us on Twitter. The handle is at Pro Pistons or in all major podcast catchers, Pro Wrestling Talk for Pistons fans. If you have a long form message, question, inquiry, inquiry you can always email us at pistons for wrestling fans at gmail.com thank you for having me on i'm really excited yes sir dude so what season recap season recap <laughs> yes sir and i gotta say and i gotta say to, to, to start it all off we didn't know last week was episode 100 for the everything pistons podcast so this is episode 101 but we're gonna treat it like 100 Cause it's a party when Doc steps in. It feels like hey, a special I, when Doc's. How in. perfect is that? I'm in <laughs> academia and I'm on episode 101. Like, yes, sir. Yeah. There we go. So, what were you saying about the Pistons video game team? Pistons GT. I got yeah. on. I got on their fitted right now. Mm. Right there. I think they they played during the summer, so I thought it was fitting. Yeah. I was like, you know, the Pistons aren't in the playoffs. Why well, don't I rock the Pistons GT at? Have you ever watched one of those games of those guys? Like, how do you feel about – here's my take. If you're playing a video game like that, you should have to use your real height and weight. I think that would make it so much more entertaining than seeing a bunch of seven-foot guys out there playing video games. But if there's a guy – that's like five foot five on the Pistons team. You you should have to use your real height and weight. That would be so much more entertaining to me. It would make the draft more entertaining too. I mm-hmm. always thought their logo though is hard though, man. That's, yeah, that's- it is. I like that with the skull and the and the Pistons yeah. as the as the crossbones. If, if the NBA really invests something in it, they could have like a video game night where the teams were there. You know, mm, that'd be pretty video cool. game team. Yeah, yeah, because ours would be so dope, man. So I'm not going to name names, but I reached out to a few of the Pistons uh, G team or G team or whatever it's called, like the Pistons 2K team. And one of the guys messaged me back and was like, nope, I'm not doing any interviews. The season's over. It's been a long time, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, we got close to 12,000 followers on Instagram and you have like 1200 and you have like 500. I might be giving them away now. I'm sure his follower (laughs) count has grown tremendously since I talked to him. But anyways, he was like, no, I'm good. I'm like, dude, we have about 10,000 followers. I really think you coming on would be beneficial for not only us, but for you because you'd be reaching a much wider audience and radio silence after that heard nothing from him i won't name names but i was man. a little disappointed in that to be honest with there's you. only five people on the team man 
Don't they change players though? Like after a while, they already, they already got the they got the 2022 roster. Right? It's all good, man. <laughs> I was just saying. Oh my gosh, I didn't even. Yeah, that's. Crazy. I, didn't, I didn't know that either. But when you started describing them, I'm like, oh, let me look at the roster. I was like, oh, there's only five people, so I can figure out this guy. <laughs> I'll have to look him up and see if he's. I still remember his name. I wonder if he's even still on the team. But again, you know, my my point stands like. I don't, we don't have people on just to, you know, try to grow our, we just try to grow our platform and grow our podcast. We have people on because we want to like that are interesting people that want to talk about the yeah, Pistons. that we want to talk to, you know, I mean, like we had a former Pistons mascot on, we had John Mason on, we, I'm not going to go through everybody, but we've had a lot of exciting people that have had different roles within the Pistons organization. And it's just fun to talk to people about those different roles. And I thought having a video game player on would have been, a lot of fun, but apparently nobody thought nobody thought the same. So maybe, maybe we'll try again. Maybe someday. Well, they, maybe someday. They, I'm at their website. They got a game coming up on May 1st against Bucks. Mm. <laughs> so that's our piss. Don't say we ever never did anything nice. Real quick though, what are all the heights though for those players? Does it show their heights and everything? Nah. Uh, see, I wish it would, man. That'd be. So I mean, usually though, the the whole two K thing is. I mean, your center's center height. Your point guard's not going to be seven foot. You know, it's it's traditional NBA height and weight. Uh, I've watched a few of them where like an entire team was like six foot nine or taller. I think one guy was like <laughs> seven four, and I'm like, Jesus, dude. If you're really seven four, that's fine. But like. I just think it would be so much more entertaining if you had a bunch of dudes out there that were like five foot five to six foot one. That would be incredible and so much more fun and entertaining, in my opinion. But what do I know? You know, I'm just a podcaster and a barber. But uh, these, these dudes get paid too. My bad. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh no, they got they get health insurance and everything. They got a good gig going on for you know, playing pro video games. I got I got no problem with it. I just think it'd be more entertaining if they use their real heights, but we can talk about real basketball, and I've been seeing these tweets going around. Somebody has said that they expect Devin Booker to sign with the Detroit Pistons in 2024, and I just kind of want to talk about that. What do you guys think the chances are of Devin Booker actually signing in Detroit in 2024? Zero to none. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some would have to go real awry out in Phoenix, man. That, that would just – I mean, I would oh, never say never. I stayed on my podcast like I never thought we're going to have to go back and, and relive, explain to our children how Kevin Durant and Steph Curry got on the same team for multiple years. But I just don't conversation. see that I don't see Devin Booker signing in Detroit. I think all the love that he has for Detroit is very real, but also at the same time, I don't I don't think he wants to play here. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he had an opportunity, I believe. I mean, if that was really the case, coming back to play for your hometown team, he would have never signed the extension in Phoenix. I don't blame him for it, but that would have been the perfect opportunity for him to get out and re-sign with the team. And I just don't ever see it happen in 2024. Now, I do have another team on my mind where I could see him going to, and it is an Eastern Conference team, but I won't get into that. It's just I don't see him signing with Detroit, and I wish people would stop talking about Devin Booker coming to Detroit. It's just never going to happen for people. I'm sorry, guys, for people. We had our shot and blew it. He'll be 27 in two years. If he gets the title, Giannis, we were looking to see how old Giannis was because I was like, oh, maybe they don't give super maxes to guys over 25. But, no, he got his last year. He was 27. So, no, he's going to get – Super yeah and, and and for the listeners I, I we had some technical difficulties me and doc were just talking so that's what he's he's talking about but i mean to kind of bring it back now that we're back live yeah De- devin booker being a detroit piston we had a chance to draft him he wanted quoted that he wanted to be in, in the city and, and play for the team could have took him then we all know what happens no no need to dwell on the past or or blame SVG or anything like that. It's it's over now. He's not a piston. He's going to be one of the top players for for a long time in the NBA. And I just I don't see him ever making his way unless it's like a retirement tour, like almost how the NFL guys or or even NBA guys sign one day contracts to retire. Maybe Devin Booker comes back at the tail end to play his last season or two in, in Detroit. But even that, I mean even that is still far-fetched. I think if you're talking about Michigan, you know, players from Michigan, you have, we have more of a shot of getting Kyle Kuzma over Devin Booker. 
I was going to say, I could see Devin Booker signing when he's like 34 to 35 years old. When yeah, it's like, the one-year retirement, like, yeah. Yeah, or just to say like, hey, I came back and I played for Detroit, you know, just things like that. But the Chris you know, Webber, the Chris Webber to Derek Coleman. The one oh, <laughs> gosh, man. Man, <laughs> dude, I don't even want to relive those Chris Webber days. But I'm, I'm just telling you, man, the Chris yeah. Webber, the Derek Coleman, you know, those guys, they come back. Oh, yeah, they hey, come back for like a year or two. It's cool. I like it. Yeah, let's see if we can get one for the hometown guy. We'll see. We'll see. We, so could, next- we could do a whole ep- episode on hometown guys. I was just thinking about Kay Felder laced it up. Uh, Russell Walker laced it up. A lot, a lot of Detroit homegrown talent has actually uh, laced it up for the Pistons. Oh, yeah. dude. Oh, one of my favorite players, like Monte Morris. I mean, he didn't play for the Pistons, but he was the 2013 Mr. Michigan or Mr. Basketball of the state of Michigan. You know, it's just there's so much great talent that comes out of the state of Michigan that has made it to the next level. It's incredible, man. Like, that list is man, so long. I know. Yeah, and I know, but I went to a cruise game yeah. uh, like a month ago, and it was packed because it was um, Cassius Winston. Mm. uh was playing they were playing the washington team the capital city whatever yeah and it, it was pretty pe- and it, it was dope man cassius came out in the crowd was taking pictures and stuff so he yeah was, but uh, anyway he was, was another episode yeah yeah we'll have to yep. go through an entire list but he was another mr basketball for the state of michigan as well the zion williamson killer yeah mm. Mm. <laughs> i'll never forget that All right, man. Our next segment is headlines with headlines. We bring you news stories, updates on the team in a quarter or two. We'll share thoughts if we have any, and then we'll move on. But before we move on, I'm going to drop some ads right here. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. Our first quote comes from Troy Weaver via James Edwards. We'll look to be aggressive in other areas where we haven't been in the past. I love Troy Weaver. He drops little nuggets, getting all of us excited for the offseason. I'm wondering, though, what direction he'll go this offseason because this team needs a lot of help. Also, this tells me that Troy Weaver, Troy Weaver doesn't want to see a losing team next year. I believe he believes that this team can make a playoff run next year. So that's where my thoughts are with Troy Weaver. I think I'm okay with the Pistons being bad next year. I have no problem with it to get another top pick. Whether it's top three, top five, doesn't matter. But I think Troy Weaver has a different direction. What areas do you expect Troy Weaver to be aggressive this offseason? Doc, we'll turn it over to you first. You know what? I I do see the Pistons, and and I I can't put my hand on a position, but I do see them making a $20 million a year guy. Mm. I I do see that coming up. We're going to – because – I know that sounds extreme, but that's basically going rate right now. We're, we're going to get a $20 million a year guy. I don't know who it will be. I would be shocked. It's not really in his DNA to do 30 and $40 million guys unless it's, you know, down the line and Mr. Cunningham is coming yep. up. I just think, I think he's going to say, hey, we're going to make a splash. Because if you look back, we haven't really made a splash in free agency. You know, uh, Stan Van Gun, SVG was the master of trades. You know, he would take in big contracts. But he wouldn't really, you know, sign anybody like to a, you know, a big, a big, a big deal or anything like that. So that's what I think he meant by that. But man, Troy Weaver, man, such a hustler. He's East Coast from DC. You know how to work the crowd, man. You know how to work the look, he does. look. He does. I, I'm from Detroit, man. I know what I'm getting hustled. He's like, let me, let me put a little something out here to get them amped and let me just go back to the back cave like yeah yeah he is man but do you see him though this offseason being like a legitimate player in free agency do you expect a lot of new names okay yeah but andrew what about i don't i don't know about a lot of new names uh troy weaver has came out and said that it kind of expect to sign one big contract or three mid-level contracts this offseason the the biggest thing the the Pistons are looking to improve this offseason again coming from Troy Weaver is three point shooting. So they're looking to surround Cade with some some more three point threats. Surround Sadiq, find another scorer, two or three, or that one 
like uh, like Doc was saying, 20, 25 million dollar man and see what the Pistons got. I don't necessarily think, it, you know, if what you draw from from that is Troy Weaver expects the team to be in the playoffs next year, I'm just going to say, yeah, that's that's what he's supposed to say. I have no expectation this this team will make the, the playoffs or play in tournament even next year. Uh, I think they'll I definitely expect more than the odd 20 some wins, but I just don't see this team being a two year lottery team and then exploding into the playoffs. I mean, I guess we'll see who who is on the roster next year, but as it sits right now without any major changes, I don't see this team taking that big of a leap to be a competitive playoff team. So you're basically saying you don't expect Troy Weaver to be aggressive this offseason. No, I definitely do. Uh, I I do. And like what I said, I I guess what I can expect from from Troy Weaver is what he said. He's going to sign the the one big contract if he can land it, whoever's top of his list, or he's going to sign three mid to to low contracts, which, you know, Jalen Brunson is a name that's been tied to, to Detroit a lot that Troy Weaver really loves. So, I mean, you could definitely shake this team up without doing a a huge overhaul and still be aggressive in free agency but being aggressive in free agency doesn't mean you're going to the playoffs is is what i'm saying yeah no and i mean maybe i spoke a little bit too soon it's just i'm reading more into it than probably a lot of people will i just don't ever take a quote for what it is i always think that there's more to it even though he's not saying anything it's just you know, you got the star player, you got the franchise player in Cade Cunningham, you got the solid building blocks around him and Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant for right now, Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, you know, you got a few other guys that you could throw in there as well. It's just maybe saying playoffs was like a bold prediction in my, in, you know, maybe, maybe it was, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. I just think Troy Weaver, like it's part of all the master plan where it wasn't like this three or four year rebuild that a lot of people assume that it's going to be, but you know, they lucked into the lottery last year and got Cade. They nailed a few draft picks and Sadiq, Isaiah and Killian Hayes. We can say that now Isaiah livers. Some people would probably say as well. And now we're looking at a top three, top five, top, top six pick coming again this year and it just seems like all those pieces are starting to fall in place for Troy Weaver where it's like now's my time that I see a couple hidden gems in this free agency class maybe people won't see it right away but we're going to go after guys that you know maybe they've shown a little bit more than a Jeremy Grant did before he signed here and maybe that's another way to read the quote but I think Troy Weaver expects big things from this team going forward next season. Let, let me say this, just because we're in play-in tournament week, I didn't see where the Pistons were that far off from some of these teams. Same, I, I mean, same. like the ones that well, made it in, like, okay, the Clippers, they, they Clippers should have been in the playoffs, all right? But I was talking about specifically, like, San Antonio and, like, Cleveland in particular. Um, those two teams, I was like, we're not too far off. You know what I'm saying? Like, like clearly Cleveland has better players. Okay. It hurts me to say that San Antonio. I'm like, does San Antonio really have better players than us? You know, I was, I was just looking at that game and I'm thinking like, we might not be that far off. One 20 million, like really somebody worth it. Jeremy Grant is worth his 20 million. I know it's disgusting. Nobody's worth 20 million, but I'm just saying for the way he produces, I'm like, one more of those guys might put us in this conversation next spring. Like just one, one more guy. I'm not talking about bridges or anything like that. I'm just one more Jeremy Grant level and higher. If if it fits, sorry, go go ahead. Let me jump in here. You, you gotta be careful, right? Because I, I see where you can see that, where this, this team is that, that one or two guys away because of how scrappy and how well that the Pistons play good teams. Don't get it wrong. This team is still a 20 some win team, still a very bad team, but they have one of those aspects to them that you can see. And they are one of the worst, but scrappiest teams. Like sometimes we see teams that, that, that win get complacent and they, they just coast on their, their talent. 
Detroit's not one of those teams. So if you're not scrappy and you don't have the talent to play in the NBA, you're going to get blown out. But Detroit is a has always been. I mean, go back to to when we were top of the NBA, 2004. When you bring up that team, what does anybody say? That was the best defending business. Yeah. They won the championship off defense, and so Detroit's always been that place. I mean, the yeah. quote also too could be like being aggressive and finding depth on this team. You know, finding those second right. unit players that when uh or like. I don't want to say when Cade Cunningham goes down because I don't want to put that voodoo on him. But like when a Kelly Olenek goes down, there's someone in his place to step up and take over his minutes and you don't lose the production. You don't lose what he brings to the team. He could be talking about making a splash like that. It may not be the big name players we're talking about. It could very well just be like, you know, a Brandon Clark type player where it's like he's going to play a significant role in this team, but he's not going to make the impact that, you know, a Jalen Brunson would or something like that. You know, it's just he fits long-term in what they're trying to do. But even speaking to Jalen Brunson, how do you guys feel about Pistons fans bringing him up in conversation about being a Detroit Piston next year? Are you guys on that boat or are you off that boat? Like, what are you guys' thoughts on Jalen Brunson? I'll have to be honest. I'm not a huge – I mean, I haven't really watched many Dallas games. Yeah. So I, I don't really, I don't feel comfortable. You know, I don't want to be one of those guys that just kind of talks about it without knowing about him. So I really don't know if, if he seriously starts getting linked to the team and stuff starts coming out, I will make sure, be sure to do my homework and, and all that and check out who he is. But I, I'm not a huge, you know, living on the East coast, working well, in the morning i don't get to stay up for those games <laughs> well what about pairing like maybe i'll ask it this way what about pairing a guy like jalen brunson he's a six foot one scoring guard alongside Cade cunningham well, Do you want that direction for the pistons or you want them to kind of stay away from guys like that oh no i mean i i guess i'll jump in here again um but it, that would be exactly the the type of player Troy Weaver wants to put around Cade, right? The, the, another scorer, another guy that can, can light it up. So I think Jalen Brunson is definitely high on the, the Pistons board because of the type of player he is and what he could provide and, and take some of the maybe double, triple, quadruple teams off of Cade Cunningham as soon as he passes half court. You know, if you, if you have that other guy that is like, man, and, and we saw it with Sadiq sometimes where, yeah, we're going to double Cade, but you can't leave Sadiq. Okay, now we have Cade, Sadiq, and another shooter. Who are you going to leave? True. You know, and that's, exact, that's exactly what the recipe for a, a good team. Like, you think of the Golden State teams with KD and Clay and, and Steph. That was the thing that everybody was saying. It's unfair. Who, who are you going to guard? Well, that's what you're supposed to make it on the offensive side of the ball. Make it hard for... Who are you going to guard? Who are you going to double? And if you double this guy, we have another option. So that's the recipe for success in the NBA. And I see Troy Weaver taking that and running with it. And I'm all on board. What about Lance, you? Doc? What about you? Doc? Lance and Andrew, man. Don't don't. April, our team is not in the playoff talk. Okay. Like, don't, don't get caught up in it because a lot of this depends on, you know, what happens in the playoffs. Like a lot of this depends. Like, yeah. I don't even like Jalen Brunson, yes. You can scroll the free agent list. You can look at our salary cap and say, oh, it looks like we can afford him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, but I really don't want to get caught because didn't they – they just lost this afternoon, right, uh, Dallas? Yeah, they did. Okay, they lost this – like, so much of this depends on the playoffs. Could I see him fit, fitting in? Yes, but I'm going I'm going through here. I could see Gary Payton II fitting in. And you know yeah, what I mean? I, like I could see – Yeah, I, why not – you know, not to pick on Golden State, but why not Otto Porter just to, for defensive purposes? You're like, I don't want to get caught up in April Pistons talk when we're not in the playoffs when most of these guys are in Cancun with chicks way better than we'll ever meet with alcohol <laughs> that we ever be able to afford. But um, no, no, Jalen Brunson, a good player. I'm just not going to get caught up in until we like fully flesh out the playoffs. Because naturally, if you're like Brunson, let's say if in Atlanta – makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And he might be like, oh, I'm the fit that they need, you know, that they didn't get to the finals. And if mm-hmm. Atlanta's pursuing him, he's going to be like, F Detroit. I'm not, you know that, what I'm well, saying? <laughs> yeah, no, and that's that's kind of what the, the Pistons are doing with uh, with Jeremy Grant, right? 
Like we're yeah. waiting to see if that one team gets bounced out of the playoffs and they, they need to just say, man, Troy Weaver gives them a call. Man, you guys, I was watching your series. You lost three to four. You were one Jeremy Grant away, man. Just one. And guess what? I got one in the back of the truck for sale. So, you know, right. that's that's <laughs> when I see those things, I'm like, dude, the playoffs just started to you, started but, today. Yeah. yeah, like, come on, man. Like all these teams, they're waiting to get eliminated to see like, OK, what player away are we? I like I mean, I like Jalen Brunson's game. I'm a I was a small guard to it. You know, just I was a six foot guard as well. I get it. I get the struggles. I just don't think he pushes the needle in the win column as much as Pistons fans like to think like he's a nice player. He fits really well outside of Luka Doncic. And I get why people are saying like, Hey, Luka and Cade kind of similar players, very methodical in the way they play, always trying to break the defense down. They're not like overly athletic, but they get it done. So I can see why Pistons fans like that fit. I just don't think Jalen Brunson is a guy that moves the needle that much and it would be almost like a, a like a linear move and not a step going forward. If you know, yeah. if that makes sense, like with Jalen Brunson, so I would have to be I, a hard pass on him this offseason. I would definitely, I would definitely have to see who is he replacing, right? I, I would definitely have to see. You know, if he's if we're replacing Jalen Brunson with like Kojo or uh, replacing Kojo with Jalen Brunson, I'm yeah. all for it. You know, or or something like that. I think that would definitely be a step up. Um, but I don't know if you're replacing him with Frank Jackson, that might be closer to your linear move. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're replacing him with Frank Jackson, yeah, that makes a lot of sense for the Pistons. But again, like there's this idea that Jalen Brunson comes to Detroit and this team is suddenly, you know, a, a contender. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of like what I'm reading from other Pistons fans. And I don't think he moves the needle that much. Like, yeah. If he's over Corey Joseph, which I don't think, I think Corey Joseph is going to be back anyways. Yeah, it's, you know, it makes sense. But in the long term of like uh, the long term effect of having Jalen Brunson on this team doesn't make sense. Like it's just, he's too small. We see small guards having significant roles. If they're not like a Chris Paul or like a Drew Holiday or something like that. The, all the scoring doesn't matter because they're only affecting the game in one area and that's scoring, which is what you need at the end of the day. But man, you also need more from a guy that's going to command as much money as Jalen Brunson's going to get. So again, it's a pass for me. I don't want Jalen Brunson in Detroit unless he's going to be like the sixth man. I have no idea, but people talk about Jalen Brunson. Like he is this guy that's just going to move the needle in the wind column. And I just don't see it happening in Detroit. I really don't. Man, let me know who you're following so I can unfollow him. Okay, I will, <laughs> I will, I will. All right, the Man. next the next quote. It, it's some, like, meaty names on here before you get to share Like, I'm just being odd and, like, it's some really good names on, on this list before. No. Who started but, that one? Damn. But, I mean, also, it's like, I'm glad Pistons fans are realistically looking at the free agency pool instead of just being, like, I saw another tweet, like, oh someone wants to go all in on Zach Levine. And I'm like, dude, let's just be honest. That's never going to happen. Well, and the, the Pistons started that when they were linked to him before the, the trade deadline, the, the Pistons definitely did their due diligence on Jalen Brunson leading up into the, uh, the trade deadline. So that's kind of where the, the rumor started. It wasn't off of a Twitter or anything like the team has real interest in the guy and, and he is a real target on Troy Weaver's board. So well, man, then maybe I'm like, don't even listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, like, I, mean, I mean, have your opinion, man. This could be Troy Weaver's worst move ever, and you look like a genius. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Okay, our next quote comes from Cade Cunningham via Omari Sankofa II. He says, I'm trying to work. I'm not trying to, to just go spend money or go places. I'm trying to lock in. I feel like that stuff will come. Maybe when I win some games, maybe when the offseason will be more, maybe then the offseason will be more about resting than anything this is something we don't talk about enough dude Cade's maturity is on a whole nother level man we really don't talk about it enough and it's just look at how he look how he talks look how he carries himself you know this guy is a first the number one overall pick on the floor and off the floor it's not a 
he has every right to go want a vacation, to go relax, to go do whatever he can. But his commitment to the game, his love for the game is, I just want to get better. I'm not satisfied. And that is, that speaks volumes, not only about him as a player, but also about his character. And I'll just say here, and I can't say it enough, the Pistons got the right guy, number one. What do you guys think about Cade in that quote? It's it's an absolute uh, beautiful quote. It's the mindset of work, you know, work hard, grind yourself into the dirt in your 20s, 30s and 40s so you can kick it and chill in your 50s, 60s and 70s. Right. That that's the mindset Cade has. And, you know, he probably maybe took a little vacation, but he's he's saying, you know, my off season is, is for me and, and my trainer to get better and, and put a better product on the court to help the Detroit Pistons. So, I, I mean, yeah, it's absolute great mindset and great quote from, from Cade Cunningham. He seems to just always say the, the, the right things, man, and absolute joy to have him over some others in, in Detroit. And another point is if this is the leader going forward, my God, this team is going to be very dangerous in a few years. Because if you're seeing the the guy that was the number one overall pick work harder than everybody else, it's only going to influence them to want to work harder because he doesn't have to. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't, he already has everything. He already has the keys to the car. Like there's nothing he has to do. He doesn't have to drop a quote like this. He doesn't have to go to work in the offseason because he's already made it. He's already the guy. But the fact that he just wants to get better and wants to push this team and win some games before he relaxes, that speaks volumes on Cade Cunningham and his maturity. Look, I man. Love I love Cade. That's translation for that. That's like that J. Cole song, man. Like, man, where the chicks at? Where the chicks at, man? What you say? Like, like, like you see him in public and he's such a well-mannered guy. You see him by himself. He's like, where the chicks at, man? Like, <laughs> I think he's media trained really well, which is good. You know what I mean? Because he knows when to put on the hat, when to, uh, you know, take it off. Uh, I mean, Kate is out there kicking it, but he's saying the right thing. And I, I actually, we said this off the recording. I think that's the benefit of going to college. He was in the spotlight, so he had all the um, the advisors, the coaches. Hey, this like this. You don't want to rep- uh, misrepresent the university. But also, when you start to talk like that, there's a bit of truth in it too. So uh, he's not just like saying it because he wants to make his parents proud. Yeah. Or that, you know, there's a there's a slight bit of truth. But we all know, man, these guys can afford anything they want. And they're out doing whatever they want. But it's good to know, like, hey, even in my times of partying, there's a sense of truth. Um, you know, I'm being an honest dude. Yeah, you can, you, you can cheat everybody in the game of basketball. You, you can cheat your opponents. You can cheat your coaches and you can cheat your teammates. The one person in basketball you can't cheat is yourself. So what I'm, what I'm talking about is, you know, think back to, to basketball practice when you were running suicides, did you, you touch the line or not? You're not cheating the coach. If you didn't touch the line, you're cheating yourself when it's fourth quarter time. And, And that's what Kate is saying. Cade's saying, I'm not going to cheat myself or the game of basketball. I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to get better. And we're going to grow as, as a franchise, man. Absolutely love the kid and, and his mindset. And another thing, you can't just say that, right? You can't say that in the that NBA and then not be about it and not be about it. Cause you're going to get looked at as a clown. Your teammates are not going to respect you. If you're talking all this, this hard talk in the, in the off season, but you're coming back like Shaq, Shaq fat and overweight. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah. and that Mello. Kobe hated that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I like his team too because uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry don't say a lot; he says everything the right way. And then something to pop up on Instagram, and you'll be like, "Steph be out in these streets." You know what I mean? It'll just be like one, <laughs> one little photo or something. I'm like, why don't everybody hold hold it? But he has a team that talks for him. You know what I'm saying? He like. He's like, I'm going to say everything right. I let my team, I let Ashton do all the dirty work, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, I'm a young first. And that, that's the important thing. But, yes, I'm still out in these streets. Like when um, like when Grant Hill asked him uh, floods or uh, beans and cornbread, that caught him so off guard. Like, <laughs> he, he wasn't expecting that from Grant Hill. Like, what the hell? Like, what, what? G Hill hit me with a question. Like, I'm not supposed to be out in the streets like that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So didn't like, he go? Uh, didn't he start saying, "Oh, I'm vegan"? I, I don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get out of that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure Grant Hill was like, "They got a vegan menu." I think he said something <laughs> like that, where they have 
they have food for him yeah. that he could eat. But so I love how he was like, man, you ain't getting me caught up. Like, nope, I don't even know what you're talking about. Calm, like, down, calm down, G Hill. You didn't see me out there. I'm like, Floods is right next to the arena. How the hell you not know what he's talking about? <laughs> No, but you you were pointing to something, too, about how important it is to have the right team of guys around you. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it sounds silly to say, but, like, how many players have we seen throughout the years where they say something and then, you know, they get a different light shed on them where maybe it, maybe it kind of hurts their – I mean, look at DeMarcus Cousins, man, outside of the injuries, but, like, there were people that would literally pass on a talent like him just for him having some headache quotes – in the media where he would say something and it's like it's so important to have the right team about you it's so important to be well spoken and to know how to talk to the media because you know it's not always so much about what you do on the court it's also what you do off the court and how you talk to people in Cade he really has it all figured out I feel bad for his girlfriend though I mean they're they're not going anywhere for a while especially if he's only going to relax when the Pistons start winning Hey, oh, well, we just we just looked at that photo, man. That's actually a beautiful thing. You got his little girl, his girl, his brother, his mom, dad. Like his team is tight. Like that. That's something you can admire, man. Like you really don't is. see any. It really is. You don't see any extra knuckleheads in there. Like, oh yeah, throwing up our sets and everything. Yeah, that, that is true. All right. So since the All Star break, Kate Cunningham averaged twenty one seven assists, six rebounds per game, and the Pistons had a record of ten fourteen. The Pistons won thirteen games before the All Star break. I'm only bringing this up because there are so many haters saying Cade put up empty stats on a bad team. Who else is going to put up these stats though? Is it really such a negative that a rookie put up these numbers for the you know after the All Star break? Isn't this what you would want from the first pick? And I don't need answers because these are all rhetorical questions. Yeah. But, like, why do you think guys wh- – why do you guys think Cade Cunningham is so heaven, heavily scrutinized in Detroit for putting up those numbers? Because he plays in Detroit. <laughs> you really think that's the only I, I, reason I mean, why? I mean, honestly, I mean, are we really saying Scotty Barnes is a better rookie than Cade Cunningham? Because the NBA is saying that. But anybody with true. a brain, are we saying that? The NBA is, but anybody with a brain isn't saying that. So, yeah, because he plays in Detroit. That's, I mean, that's that's all I can see. Because there's no basketball abilities telling me Cade's not not rookie of the year. This is Look, true. Man, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a give you exhibit A, January 30th, 2022. It, I mean, it, it's butt crack cold. The Hawk is out. I mean, it's cold. It's a Sunday night <laughs> NFC championship game on. I'm the only man in the arena. Pistons versus Cavs. Mm. Kate puts up a donut in the first first half. Everybody's like, let's go home, man. Like yep. this, nobody wants to play this game. Uh-huh. Everybody wants to be watching uh the Rams and the Bucks. Like comes out in the second half and put up a triple double. Triple double wins it. Insane. This is my this is my favorite game of the season. I'm talking about the arena was empty. I I, I mean, no. Nobody was there. Everybody's watching, like I said, the NFC and the AFC championship games. And to mentally get over that hill to be like, you know what? I know it's five below outside. I know it's Cleveland. I know I got zero points. To come back in the second half and put up a triple-double is like, that was impressive to me. To get over that, to mentally do it, but then to get the W in the game. Yeah, I was like, give him the rookie of the year there. Because I hadn't seen another rookie this year. Like, yeah, usually rookies come out, they're hot, whatever, they stay hot the whole game. But I'm talking about they get into a like a uh like a rut literally in the middle of a game that nobody's caring about, nobody's watching, and they're mentally able to overcome that deficit and perform well. I was like, I, that was for me, that was my favorite game. I like yeah. show me a game where Scotty Barnes did that. Like, you know, yeah. what I'm saying? most most players don't get trip. I mean put it put it like it is most nba players don't get triple doubles in a game yeah k did it in a half yeah yeah i remember yeah. That. I was like in will the team to a victory yeah. like absolutely the stuff that wasn't on the stat sheet not i'm not i i know i had some caller i mean not a caller listener oh you're always saying you're there but i'm just saying the intangible things were there like in the second half the first time out he's patting guys on the butt like hey come on come on come on we got this you know what i'm saying like yeah hold it together Kate- you know that stuff right there is impressive, you know. Cade K- as a rookie is very comfortable telling N- NBA veterans where to go and and, yeah. and what to do. Like that's a 
that's and they listen that's the crazy thing like if someone came year one into into my job and started telling me how to do my job i'd tell him all the rocks he could go kick but Cade cunningham is coming in here talking to nba veterans and they're looking at him and saying okay yeah 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 that'll work let's do that yeah See, but yeah. that's that also points to what we were talking about at the beginning. It's that maturity. It's not just saying things to the media, but backing it up. That's why Cade Cunningham can come in and tell people where to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he didn't have that work ethic, if he didn't have that maturity, if he didn't have that drive, you wouldn't have seen nothing like that. But that game where he started 0 for 10 and beat Cleveland, that's the game I point to when I see people, I forget who it was on social media where they were talking about, LaMelo is a star. Cade Cunningham is just another player. And I'm like, dude, you haven't watched Cade Cunningham at all because you wouldn't be saying that if you saw the game where he started 0 for 10, came back, finished with the triple double. I think he had 20 plus points in that game. If you had saw that game, if you had saw that performance, you would not have said Cade Cunningham is just another basketball player. And that is part of it that really just pisses me off from fans and just media members alike where You're talking about this guy and you sit here and continue to say, he's not this, he's not that dude. If you watch the games, you would, your, your tone would be very different about Cade Cunningham. And not even that, if you just take Cade Cunningham and put him on a team, like, like we talked about the quote last week from, from Troy Weaver and, or maybe it was Dwayne Casey. It was Dwayne Casey. The, the quote that came out in the middle of the podcast that I love so much, Cade Cunningham doesn't have two superstars next to him the way Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes do. Right. Uh, Imagine if Cade Cunningham had that coming into his first year where he's not being double or triple teamed because you can't because the defense has to pay focus to other superstars around him. Like and you don't expect Cade Cunningham to come into the NBA and have some adjustment period. And then when he adjusts, what does he do? Absolutely lights up your favorite player. KD, don't care. Giannis, don't care. We're going over him. We're going at him. Steph Curry, I want that smoke. You know, mm-hmm. and that's Cade Cunningham, and I love it, man. I love it. The, the score was 15-0 that night, okay, to start <laughs> 15-0. And on the big screen, they were flashing scores of the NFL game up mm. <laughs> because I mean, people were, like, checked out completely. And then you come back in the fourth, and you're like, wait, it's 91-91. You know what I'm saying? And here's the quote. I can't let myself be a prisoner of what happens in the first half. It's so perfect. And really just, again, a testament to how he is, how he's built, you know, and how he carries himself. He doesn't get riled. He doesn't get upset. He just knows that there is another play to, there's another half of basketball to play. There's another play that he could go out there and do something positive. That is, it's amazing that this guy is playing in Detroit and him being scrutinized like he has this past year. It is so disappointing, man. It is so disappointing how he has been viewed and how he has been talked about by not only fans, but by the media members, man, it it really is just disappointing. And I hope they do better next year. I really do. I hope they don't put a first pick in a glass box and point to him and say, Oh yeah, look, his team is losing. He's not, he's not worthy of, this award that really doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but he's not worthy of it because his team is struggling with him on the roster. It's, it's, it's pathetic is really what it is. And and I mean, if, if, if you look at sorry to cut you off, but I make a quick point. If you look at it, this team's not struggling with him on the roster. This team struggles with him off the roster. This team is a 10, 11 win team without Cade Cunningham. And, and I'll just leave it at that and let doc go. And no, I was just saying, I like Evan Mobley's game too. Like I really, I do like that. He's probably my favorite rookie. I was, I'm just talking about. I I haven't heard any like I haven't heard him talk, but I like his game. He got he got a mm-hmm. complete toolbox inside, outside, well, you know everything. Oh, and, dude, and Scotty that's, Barnes made me look like a genius this year. It's amazing. And, and and that's the thing. Like you know, it's almost if you're saying Cade Cunningham's the the rookie of the year, you're almost like putting down the other rookies, and and that's not what we're doing. I have never once said. Evan Mobley or, or Scotty Barnes or Jalen Green or, or, or any of those guys are bad players because X, Y, and Z. But you hear that about Cade, like, oh, Cade, you know, look at, he, he's doing nothing in Detroit. It, when in realistic, you know, they win more games with him in the lineup than they don't. And that's why I was saying, like, man, this is before we recorded. 
San Antonio went 34 and 48 this year. And the Pistons went, what, 23? Or it went, I'm like, I could see us winning if we played the way in the first first half the way we did in the second half. I, I just don't see it unrealistic. Sorry, I know I'm sounding like a fanboy now. And hell no, you're what good. No, we're good. You're good. But um, the NBA has released their best players under 21 in their final rookie ladder. On the best players under 21, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes in that order. On the rookie ladder, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham. And I'm bringing this up because I saw a comment from another Twitter account that said, Rookie of the year has nothing to do with who you would take, and it's a completely different list that should be looked at differently. But how am I supposed to look at these lists differently? When I see the NBA actually saying, this is the guy we'll take, and then on the rookie ladder going back and saying, well, Scotty Barnes actually had a better rookie year. Yeah. Make it make sense. I don't understand it. How can one player be named something when they didn't have the bet when they didn't have the rookie of the year? I mean, he didn't have the better rookie of the year, but then also in the same breath say, but I, even though he's not rookie of the year and he hasn't performed like one, I would still take him over the guy that I'm saying was the better rookie. That doesn't make any sense because again, one list is looking at the guys who you would take, who is the better player under 21. And the other list is saying, well, we think he's the best rookie. If you're saying he's the best rookie, then you are saying he is the better player of the three. And he is the best player under 21. Yeah. It doesn't and, make any and, sense to me. And not to not to mention the the best players under 21 isn't rookies. It's not a rookie list. It's in the NBA. And Cade Cunningham was listed <laughs> sixth best player in the NBA under 21, but he's not the best rookie. He's yeah. not the best rookie on the court, but he's the sixth top six best player under 21 in the NBA, but he's not the best rookie. Either. Man, get out of here. Get out of here. It's because he plays in Detroit and you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, they, they got a narrative. This is this is when uh, in wrestling they call this overbooking. This is like at the beginning of the show when Seth Rollins loses the Intercontinental title, but then comes at the end and wins the world title. You're like, what? Like, <laughs> champ, but he just won the world title? Like, this is it's called overbooking. Like, oh, we didn't think about that. We should have had to have it a couple weeks ago because that didn't make any sense. Yeah, this makes no sense that the NBA has a narrative and they're going to push it and uh, yam it down your throats. Um, because if you notice, like Cleveland was heavily promoted at the start of the year, they were having all-star weekend and stuff like that. Oh, there's a good young team. And now it's Saturday, the playoffs started and Cleveland's the same place wherever Kay Cunningham is him and, exactly. him and um, <laughs> had a drink together. So I think they had a narrative where we're like, we got to push Cleveland. We got to push Cleveland all-star weekends there. Okay. Now we don't really care about Cleveland. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they, stopped. Yep. it is funny like, though. You're right. It is funny that they do that because the entire talk all year was Evan Mobley's rookie of the year. But as soon as they're as soon as they're bounced from the playoffs, it turns over to Scotty yeah. Barnes because the Toronto Raptors are actually in the playoffs. It just doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Yeah, and they're and they're a for profit. So I tickets. Uh, you know, yeah, they're they're a for profit. They got to do certain things and get people locked in, but. Um, you got to make sure that you have an overseer to, to make sure the right hand is knowing what the left is doing because they would have been like, whoa, this doesn't make any sense. Exactly, exactly. It's just... But also at the same token, Adam Silver is not like Dana White. He kind of comes out when he wants to. Like Dana White over the UFC is, you know, he tries to justify all his idiot, idiot movements where Adam Silver uh, uh, almost called Tagliboo over the NFL. That tells you how old I am. But <laughs> Tackley Moves hasn't been over the NFL in 20 years, but they don't have to like defend things like this. So, you know, they Wait. and let us people over podcasts do it. No, and I mean, you are right, though. It does drive a narrative and it makes like it for an entertaining because there's going to be fans that look at these lists and be like, well, yeah. why is Cade Cunningham number one under, you know, out of these three players? Why is he the one you'd want to take that's under 21? But then why are you giving it to Scotty Barnes? Now I got to tune in and figure out. Now I got to figure out why they're doing this. Like it just drives that narrative and it pushes the product even more because at the end of the day, the NBA is entertainment. Like you're saying. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's first round. I mean, NFL is entertainment. That's why you can't tackle the quarterback anymore. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, or, or whatever, you know, heavily. Uh, yeah. So that this is when things like this happen. I just talk it up and be like, Oh my goodness. It is entertainment. Right. You know, it's true. But I mean, 
it's still an entertaining league if you get it right. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it, it, I'm not going to stop watching just because, you know, you don't want you didn't want to put Scotty you didn't want to put Kate uh, Cunningham as rookie of the year. I'm not going to stop watching because of that. But it's just it's just disappointing. That's all it really is. I mean, like you have two different lists that are both kind of saying the same thing you know like he's the guy we're going to take he should be rookie of the year but we're going to give it to this other guy because his team happens to be in the playoffs it's just it's just silly really in my opinion but or it just fit like i was talking to keith about this you know famous like blogger historian yep. and i'm like <laughs> my wife my wife asked me the other she's like what are the central division championships you know the banners up in this I'm like, yeah. it doesn't really mean anything. I can't. It doesn't. I was like, I, was like I, I can't really. I'm like, it doesn't mean it. I'm like, we had the best record in the Central, but it doesn't get you thing that they probably need to either retire or, but it just, you know, it adds, it makes it entertaining. Okay. It gets the fans excited. Oh, you're Central Division champ, Milwaukee Bucks. And it's like, okay, what does that yep. mean? Nothing. Doesn't mean it doesn't absolutely mean anything. I I do wish they would go back though. If you win your division, you get a top three seed or however they used to do it. I like that. That to me would create that to me is can create so much of a rivalry within those divisions and like really put put a precedent on divisions. You know, it would mean something other than what it means now, which means it doesn't mean anything, you know. But yeah, I wish I wish it did have meaning though. But um, yeah. You know, we can move but that, on. That's just what they do for entertainment purposes. I'm, I know it wasn't on, on the agenda, but I was just... Oh, no. It's, Ricky Ladder stuff. It's like, nothing. It doesn't mean anything. No, it really doesn't. But what does mean some, What does mean is that you would take Cade Cunningham over the guy that's probably going to win yeah. rookie of the year. That's just what it means. But we saw Bruce Brown go off for 18 points, nine rebounds, and eight assists. His performance had Pistons Twitter in a frenzy saying letting Bruce Brown go is Troy Weaver's biggest mistake. Was was letting Bruce Brown go Troy Weaver's biggest mistake? That's my question for you guys. Was there a direct – what was the Bruce Brown trade? Who did that bring in? Nobody. Musa. Like that, that was a, There wasn't like a direct draft pick and, and we um, picked up XYZ for – I think it had to do with the Luke Kennard trade to the Clippers to bring in Sadiq Bay. Yeah, I, I don't I, know how it's all tied in, but yeah, that that's the, that's what I was thinking. If somehow Sadiq was connected to to Bruce Brown, but if he's not, and, and we're just looking at the trade for for what it is, man, I absolutely hated it. You know, question it when it happened. A huge, huge, huge Bruce Brown fan, um, and love him to this day, and and would love him on this team. I think Bruce gives you a lot of things uh, on an NBA court that you want and you look for, and that this team is is gonna try to fill in the draft and and free agency now because we don't have Bruce Brown. Bruce is is I I look at him like a, a lot like Patrick Beverly, right? He's not a team. He's not a guy that you absolutely 100% need to have on a winning team but if your winning team has that guy he's just that much better you know that that dog on defense that in your face talk trash and occasionally he'll he'll drop 15 points so are you saying it is Troy Weaver's biggest mistake letting him go I I mean I don't know if I'd call it a, like like I said if it, if it led into the Sadiq thing I'd much rather obviously have Sadiq over Bruce Brown but I mean if you're just looking at it, it's the most head scratching move to mm. me what about you doc you think it's the biggest mistake uh, I think we got Isaiah Livers for that it was a 2021 second round pick okay so and it was the livers yeah and it was the guy that they cut Musa uh, it's yeah, faith in Musa. I thought he'd be something. Uh, it was Musa. So, so this this is what I this is what I thought. I, I hated it, you know. But if Bruce Brown had been on the roster, we wouldn't have got Kay Cunningham because right. we would have he would have gave us some wins. And yeah, but, yeah. I think with this was I think this was a hey this was the ultimate. So all due respect to Troy Reaver, you know nobody's gonna get any move right or anything like that. I think he really came into that season like we need to be as bad as we could possibly be. And this guy is too damn good. You know, that's what I <laughs> that's what I really yeah. think the 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 mindset was like, okay, we can't get rid of Jeremy Grant, but we can't get rid of this guy. You know, <laughs> the last thing we need is for this guy to start clicking and we run off like six straight or something and take us out of contention. Well, and, that, and, and I, I don't agree with it, but I think that was his mindset. 
and and Bruce Brown was one of the last of the leftovers from the SVG era, right? Mm-hmm. He was one of the the last guys that wasn't an official Troy Weaver guy. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think it was a big mistake. I really don't. I don't think Bruce Brown would I think he would have been a similar player how he was when he was first with Detroit, you know, six, eight points per game, couple rebounds, couple assists, um, leaving a lot on the leaving a lot of meat on the bones. I love that expression when it comes to athletes. Like there's more that they can do, but for some reason it just doesn't click. Bruce Brown is in the perfect situation in Brooklyn. I don't believe we would see the same player. I don't even know if he's a good compliment to Cade Cunningham in that sense. Now, if you're talking about putting him in the Hamidou Diallo role where he's kind of a starter, but he's also much better off the bench because he brings a different type of energy that you need that can infuse the crowd, infuse the team and get things going. Yeah, I would love Bruce Brown in that role. I just don't think it was a big mistake. I do, I disagree with Pistons Twitter on that. Like, I don't know what people expect Bruce Brown to be if he had stayed in Detroit, but it would not be the player we see in Brooklyn. He can he performs so much better when those guys, when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are on that team because they take so much attention away of what he can do. You almost forget that he's on the team. I've seen him get so many offensive rebounds where people just seem – seems like they forget about who he is and where he is on the floor at all times. So it just works out. I don't think you would see the same player, that player in Detroit. You'd see a guy that is playing a role that he's not suited for. If he was still in Detroit, you would not see that Bruce Brown like you do in Brooklyn. And again, I don't think it was that big of a mistake. I think it was just one of those moves. Like we can all love Bruce Brown. I mean, I certainly loved him when he was in Detroit, but Dude, I I always looked at it a guy where it's like there's a lot more meat on the bones he's leaving and he'll never be this player that people expect him to be or want him to be in Detroit. I never I never saw that was with Bruce Brown. So the Pistons went 20 and 52 that year. The yearbook, you know, that led to them getting Cade. I in Orlando was the next team ahead of them. They were 21 and 51. I really think Bruce Brown would have gave us two more wins. I'm not, I'm not joking. Yeah. He probably would have, we probably would have had a hard time out batting out at Orlando that year. <laughs> like if we had it, that, that I know you're, I know people are going to be like, man, he's being such a Troy Weaver homer on this, but I think his goal was we need to get as bad as possible this season. No, and no, it was no. that razor close 20 and 52 and Orlando was 21 and 51. No. And I mean, you're right that that could have very well been what Troy Weaver's doing. And I mean, I love him even more for that, you know, cutting a fan favorite, you know, for the ultimate prize, which was a franchise yeah. player in Cade Cunningham. But was Bruce Brown the best draft pick of the Stan Van Gundy era? This comes this comes from our ghost producer based Pistons. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Was he the best draft pick of the Stan Van Gundy era? Drumming, wasn't it? That's, that's, what, that's what came to mind. Was he? I don't think Andre Drummond was a Stan Van Gundy pick. That's though. what I was. I, I I wasn't sure if he was. If he was, um, I I would go Drummond. But I think I, the I mean, first pick he made was Henry Ellison. Oh, good lord! <laughs> wow. So he was with the Pistons from 2014 to 2018, and, and Drummond Andre... came in 12. He was drafted in 2012. Oh, okay. All right. So I we... guess. It was, it was, you know Luke, what? It was Luke the value because what about? Oh, remember they got just real quick. They actually drafted Kyrie before him. Mm. Bruce Brown was like Kyrie was like thirty first pick, and Bruce Brown was like thirty eight. Oh, something. Kyrie Thomas, yeah, yeah, Kyrie Thomas. So yeah, it was it was a great pickup, like so far deep in the draft, I guess, from that yeah. standpoint. Yeah, yeah, it was shades of Isaiah Livers. I mean, you have uh, Luke Kennard that was drafted. Spencer Dinwiddie, I believe, was also drafted by Stan Van Gundy. And those are really the only three players that I look at that have made any, you know, any names for themselves in the NBA. But I don't know. I think if you're looking at the grand scheme of things, Spencer Dinwiddie was the best pick by Stan Van Gundy because he's been the closest to an all-star. Bruce Brown and Luke Kennard, they play significant roles on their team. But again, they don't move the win column quite like, Spencer Dinwiddie would be before he got hurt. Man, shout out Henry Ellenson. His sister was a big supporter on my on my Everything Pistons 
uh, uh, Instagram page. She was always liking them and commenting. So, man, bring him back. Shout out, let, shout out, Henry Ellenson. Let me let me see the DM. She was she was <laughs> she wasn't in there. She was. Oh, she don't give me in trouble. Yo, man. Yo, he said it. It had a glow in his eye. Like, yo, man. I know. Like, dude. I mean, what? <laughs> yo, forget Henry yo, Ellenson. You shout go keep his sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing that came out of the Henry Ellison era was just uh, his uh, sister commenting on the page. <laughs> that is hilarious, uh, man. No, I just I don't know, man. It's not I'm not trying to throw shade at Bruce Brown at all, but I just I think Spencer Dinwiddie was the best pick. Like when you look at the when you look at everything Spencer Dinwiddie has done in the NBA, you know, being a second round pick. Yeah, man, he's he's the best pick of the Stan Van Gundy era. Let's see, he 38th pick in the 2004. So that was when he and Bruce Brown was. So yeah, that was another late. That's another late round pick too, man. I I think it can be arguable, man. I I really do. I no, I mean it's I definitely arguable, but I just think when you look back, I just don't think you can only look at what they did in Detroit because if they if you look at what they did in Detroit. Luke Kennard would probably be the best pick just because he did the most when he was on the floor yeah. in terms of scoring and what he provided for the team. But I think when you're looking at these picks, you have to look at their entire overall career and what they've done past playing in Detroit. So I'm going to give it to Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he was the best pick of the Stan Van no, Gundy era. I disagree because I just look, Bruce Brown was 42nd, 42nd, mm. second round pick, possibly, and he's playing on an NBA contender and they're not, it's starting. Not, yeah, I got it. I'm Some just games. saying that, that's a late pick, man. That That's pretty late to be like, like the numbers that you just put up on Brooklyn, where it's a lot. It's not enough basketballs in Brooklyn. You got uh, Kyrie Irving. You got Jay, man. That's impressive right there. Sorry. Yep. No, you're yeah. good, man. You're good. Bruce Brown. He found the right role. for and, and he hasn't had a lot of runway as much runway as Spencer man. did. With. He's only man. been in the league since 2018. Did the same ones that called Kate a bust early on and Isaiah and Sadiq, we need to trade Sadiq and, and, and all that were the same ones telling me that, you know, Bruce Brown is going to go. And Lance, you too, I'm calling you out, Lance. When that trade happened, said Bruce Brown is just going to go over there and fade to the background and not no, no, be no, an no. integral part what of, of Brooklyn. What oh, I let me, said, let me clear the air here. What I said was <laughs> Bruce Brown was just there to be entertainment for James Harden, which was a joke. <laughs> and, but also I said that Bruce Brown, if he cracks the rotation, he would fit in that team, that team's perfectly because he's a utility player. He gets rebounds. He plays defense. He'll do whatever the team asks of him to do, which is what he's done. I mean, he even plays the five spot as a role, man, you know, setting screens for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So Bruce Brown, he found the perfect role. I just said, if you were expecting him to go to Brooklyn and be like this all-world guard next to Kyrie Irving or James Harden, whoever they had at the time, you were sorely mistaken. I saw what Bruce Brown was as a player. I didn't let a few good games get to my head and think, he's going to be an all-star. He's going to be a significant player in this league. I never said that about Bruce Brown. I said that, yeah, he could easily fall out of the rotation in Brooklyn and not be a player, but also he could be a good utility player alongside them because the things he brings to a team, that's what you want out of a role player. He's a star role player. I'll give him that. He's a we star pull the tape. Feel free. You'll be like, you'll be <laughs> listening to him. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not going to pull this out because Lance was right. He knows exactly. I, I just Googled a picture. Andrew. I'm sorry. What you, you cut out there. You Googled what? A picture of Henry Ellison's sister. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dude, okay. You, I'm not, I, in the words know, of Tupac, I ain't mad at you. You I know ain't, that. I ain't mad at you. You know Andrew was like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, would, she wouldn't come on for the interview. I don't know why. I tried, tried to get her out. <laughs> Remember that game, Lance, where Andrew had just had to get there early that one game? <laughs> we got to go, man. It's 6.30. <laughs> Dude, well, okay, so uh, I went to the 
second to the last home game. I'll share this again because you're because Doc, I feel like you would appreciate this. But the second to the last home game was Joe Dubar, Joe Dumar's bobblehead night. And I really yeah. wanted to get one of those Joe Dumar's bobblehead. So I told my brother, I'm like, man, we got to leave by like four o'clock because we live about two hours away from Detroit. And he's like, man, we don't got to leave till 630. I mean, we don't got to leave till 430. We'll get there in time. So we leave at 415. We compromised. We get there at 6.30, all the bobbleheads are gone. Like, they're all gone. I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. At least I still get to see Luca and Cade Cunningham. Well, we're sitting next to this old couple, and they each have a bobblehead. And I'm starting to think they're older. They're going to forget. One of them is leaving their bobblehead underneath their seats. I'm going to get a bobblehead. But then I thought, you know what would be great is if she offered me the bobblehead. And that's all I was thinking about in the fourth quarter because the game was over at that point. I was like, man – let her just offer me the bobblehead. That would be great. She offered me the bobblehead at the end of the game. So I got my Joe Dumars bobblehead. Man, of man I, I was at that game and you didn't hit me up. That's crazy. I was, I almost did text you. I almost did text you. So that my apologies, but you Love know, that game because I tell you, I, te- I tell you like, like I used to get told almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Yeah, but hey. dude, you already told me. You already told me you don't just watch the game. So I wanted to watch the game. Called That's a good one. Back. That's a good one. Just Ooh, me? You out, man. Yeah. You came on the oh. podcast one time. You're like, man, I do more than just watch the games. Talking about man, being in the bars and the that VIP night, lounges. Um, no, let me see. That night, actually, I had my daughter with me. And um, yeah, we stayed for the whole game. She was really loving it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, That's that awesome. night we did. We did watch it. I. It's only funny, don't bring it up, because I saw my, well, I'm saying it on a podcast now, so he's going to hear it. So I saw my homeboy's mom there, right, at the game. And she was by herself, and then uh, we, like, she hadn't seen my daughter before or anything like that, so we went over, and we had pizza, and he's like, did you go on a date with my mom? And I was like, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you talking about me and, and, and Ellenson's sister. You've got the no, homeboy's mom. Dang. We better get out of here soon before we get somebody in real trouble. All right, that's all, all right. I remember. No, nah, that's a whole boy. Man. For that sure. Was so funny, man. It's like, I was like, no, nah, I just randomly saw it. Oh, all right. man. All right, guys. That's the podcast. I'm in Hawaii. I got a vacation. Subscribe to the Everything Pistons podcast. Drop a comment. Rate us. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Landscaprosi. Andrew, where can they find you? Instagram. Instagram and Facebook, Everything Pistons Podcast. On Twitter, ePistonsPod. You guys can always email the show directly at ePistonsPod at gmail.com. My man, please take it away. Let them know where they can follow you, Doc. Doc Joe Brown, real name, no gimmicks. Pro wrestling talk for Pistons fans on every major podcast catcher. And we got an episode coming up this Monday with D Dot wasn't D Dot on? Yeah, on that's that's my homie. Yeah, yeah. D Dot has been man uh, a supporter of mine for. I mean, he was there when it was like a couple hundred followers on on Instagram. Yeah. So he he's been with me for the whole ride. He's a real solid dude. Make sure to look out uh, out for that podcast coming out with Doc and D Dot. I know it's gonna be crazy. I know it, there's gonna be uh, some fireworks in that one. So I'm gonna be listening yeah. and checking for that. Same, same thing. He's been supporting our show when we were at under 500 supporters yep. on Twitter. And uh, yeah, he's always listening. And you know he listens because he comments. So I don't know yep. where he has the time to do that. But <laughs> uh, like, seriously, because I like, I speak to you all's podcast, you know, but he listens to the whole thing, man. So yeah, that's dropping yep. this week. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pistons fans. The Twitter handle is at Pro Piston. And I'm always going to come back on everything Pistons. If you guys could ever drop in, we got to, we got to do it. For a, sure. Um, bonus episode where we let patreon subscribers hear what we talk about before we start recording oh i'm down for that's that that's what yeah. we got <laughs> we if we start doing that we getting in some real trouble <laughs> all hey, right man, yeah. y'all enjoy this evening man thank yeah. you My man ha- happy easter to the to you guys to you too and happy easter to the the listeners out there oh same to you man thank you and i know i already said it but again guys subscribe to the podcast drop a comment rate us more importantly tell a pistons fan